Are you ready, Flyer fans? It's the Anthony Grant Show, presented by Bud Light. Tonight's show is brought to you by... Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Now, here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome here to uh, Frickers on Woodman Drive, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Grant Show here on the home of the Flyers. As the Dayton basketball season has moved into the new year and has moved into conference play. After a couple of cancellations or rather postponements, uh, Dayton in action in A-10 play last week, uh, losing the uh, league opener and at home to VCU on Wednesday, 53-52, and then bouncing back in the win column with a big way on the road on Saturday, an 83-58 win over George Washington. Coming up this week, a game tomorrow night at home against St. Louis. Saturday, that'll be a road game at Duquesne. The Alumni Association will be having a game watch for that at the T.J. Chumps Fairborn location. That's coming up on Saturday for that 12:30 game. A couple of other uh, schedule changes as a result of the postponements uh, sustained early in the A-10 season. The December 30th game that was to be played at Rhode Island that was as postponed will now be played on February 14th at Rhode Island at 9 o'clock in the night. Take a nap. I will. Uh, and then uh, the game that was uh, scheduled at home on January 2nd, that will now be played a week from tomorrow. That'll be Tuesday, January 18th, and that'll be home at the UD Arena. And obviously, if you've got uh, tickets for that game, you would use those uh, original tickets you had, parking pass, etc., for the January 2nd game. They'd be good for the game coming up a week from tomorrow. Uh, that also then required an adjustment for the January 19th home game scheduled against Fordham. That has been moved a little over, not quite a week later. That will be on Tuesday, January 25th. And again, uh, tickets for that January 19th game against Fordham and parking passes will be good for that game that night. So we've taken care of uh, some business. Uh, Coach will be calling in here shortly. And uh, we're also going to be visiting with uh, Bill Yule. Bill Yule Jr., uh, a fly former flyer and a part of a, a three generations of Dayton basketball with his son uh, Brady, a member of the team, and, of course, uh, his father, Bill Yule Sr., an All-American at Dayton in the 50s, will be talking uh, to Bill about uh, more of that coming up and, and uh, not, not so much uh, getting an analysis of this year's team, uh, but a chance uh, to learn more about Bill and his playing career and, and, and what he's got going on now. And uh, before we get into you, we will talk about uh, those three generations. Tom Arstegan did a real nice article about, uh, about your dad and about you and about your son, Brady. And... That's it, it, very unique. Um, it, it's unique to have three generations uh, play at one school. Um, but it, if there was going to be some place that that would happen, it would be the University of Dayton. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, Larry. And uh, it is uh, definitely blessed to be a part of the Dayton community and the Dayton Flyers. So just uh, being able to, uh, you know, see my son out there, I guess I'm getting the same feeling my – my father had when uh, when I was out there, and uh, you know, I think all the, he you know just really had in the back of his mind he wanted to be at Dayton and get to play here, and and the dream came true for him, and 
And uh, when I look back, a dream came true for me, too, to be able to put on the Dayton Flyer uniform when Coach Donaher recruited me. All right, we're going to get in more into that uh, later in the program, but uh, we've got Coach Grant with us on the line. Is Dayton uh, two, uh, two games behind them in the Atlantic 10, two games on tap this week. And, Coach, uh, you're coming off a win on Saturday uh, at George Washington, 83-58. Uh, we saw a lot of good things happen uh, during the course of that game uh, through you know all aspects of basketball, really. Um, what were you most pleased with what, what you saw on Saturday? Well, well Larry, I think, um, you know, obviously coming off of a, of a tough loss at home, you know, one of the things you want to see is how your team responds, you know, and, and uh, coming out with uh, the competitive uh fire that you need to have and, and obviously you get a chance to get a get a win, a chance to get a road win. So I thought our guys responded. Uh I thought they responded well and it was good to good to see them uh go out and play uh you know for forty minutes the way we play. And and, and I think it's noteworthy that they responded well in unusual I wouldn't call them in adverse uh, conditions, but certainly unusual with the empty gym um where, you know, you're calling upon them really, you're challenging them to uh, to, to bring some competitive fire to the floor, to bring some energy, uh, and they had to do it themselves. Uh, that was unusual. It was a different atmosphere, obviously, um, you know, with COVID, uh, obviously raging the way it has. Uh, their capacity was very limited, you know, for fans, and we knew that coming in, you know, and uh, you know, so we, we, we asked our guys to, to understand that they would need to bring energy in the game, energy off the bench, uh, and and just the the mindset, understanding what we were walking into. Some of the guys had obviously been through that environment last year with COVID. For some of our guys, that was a brand new experience to to be in that type of type of environment. Um, you know, and you're dealing with a, a GW team that has had their uh, pauses during the course of the year because of some COVID issues. So the unexpected, not having seen them play since early in December. You know, there were a lot of unknowns, so so you, you ask your guys to try to control the things that they can control, and I thought we did a pretty good job of that. You know, it, it was some solid execution, um, made shots, and that always when you make shots, uh, it, it, it makes you makes you look even better than perhaps you are. But I tried to look beyond that and just look at some of the intangibles, and what I saw was uh, I, I saw some guys that pulling for each other, uh, sharing the ball, uh, communicating. I guess it was real easy for me to see them communicating because I could hear them. There was no one else in the gym. <laughs> yeah, Larry, I don't think that's been an issue for us at all, you know, all, all through the year. And sometimes, you know, you, you, when you lose things or, you know, the sky's falling and when you win, everything's great. I'm, 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 I'm just kind of a, a guy that I kind of try to see it as it is. So I think the thing that, that we felt like, obviously, you know, every game has a life of its own. Uh, but we got a group of guys that are learning what it takes to to win, uh, what it takes for them to become the player that the players that they want to become, and what it takes for our team to become the best version of itself. So every game is going to bring something different, you know. And, and obviously, uh, you know, we got a great challenge ahead of us tomorrow, a great opportunity ahead of us tomorrow. So uh, you know, it's it's uh, on to the next one, and we got to be uh, as prepared as we can to see if we can get this win tomorrow. I know, Coach, right after the game when you and I talked, uh, you were pleased with the win, pleased with a lot of things, but you were still concerned about turning the basketball over. But not all turnovers are, are created equal. And, 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 and looking at uh, the, the manner of turnovers on Saturday, um, you know, it, it, how, do, how do you address that? Because 
are some of the things that eh, it just happens, but are some things that you can, you can actually fix? Yeah, well, we always want to get better, you know, and then that's an area for us, um, you know, that's plagued us all year and that we need to continue to, to, to be better at, um, you know, we made that comment after the game that they're all, they're not all created equal. And we had a dip, we had a variety of different ways. We turned it over from illegal screens to, you know, stepping out of bounds to, uh, just carelessness with the basketball, and then some of it was the lack of execution that led to led to mistakes that were being made. So we just got to be better. We got to continue to understand uh, as efficient as we can be offensively uh, when we do get shots. That it's a it's a really really important uh, that we do a good job of, of, of taking care of the basketball and making sure we value each possession. You know, that, and that was the, the next point I wanted to make is that um, you, you did not get hurt by the, quote, points off turnover stat, which is uh, conveniently kept uh, for us all through the course of the game. But uh, I, I look at more of the missed opportunities uh, when you are, are, are as efficient as you are typically. Uh, when, when you get a shot, when you have a chance to run offense and get a shot, you've been very, very efficient. To me, that's the most painful part of a turnover, but I guess they all hurt. Yeah, you know, it's an area we, we, we have to improve, no, no doubt about it, and our guys are aware of it. And, uh, you know, we, we certainly uh, try to do everything we, we can uh, as we move forward here to continue to get better at it. And, and like I said, every game is different. You know, the way that St. Louis will play will be different than the way that GW played, which was different than the way that VCU played. So every game has a life of its own, so we've got to – make sure that we, we focus on the task at hand. All right, uh, task at hand tomorrow night will be St. Louis, and we'll be talking to Coach uh, Grant about that. Also, again, uh, Bill Yule joining us here at Frickers as uh, we'll be looking back on his flyer career and what's happened post-basketball. That's all to come. It is the Anthony Grant Show, and we are live at Frickers on Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here to Frickers on Woodman Drive, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits, uh, The Anthony Grant Show. And already, folks, are starting to wind in here uh, to watch college football's uh, national championship game tonight between Alabama and Georgia, which will be kicking off later on. Our focus, Dayton basketball, Flyers home tomorrow night taking on St. Louis in Atlantic 10 uh, conference play. St. Louis enters with a record of 10-4 overall. They had a non-conference win on Saturday over Iona, a late add to their schedules. They had a game with St. Bonaventure postponed. They are 1-0 in league play, having previously beaten Richmond. We'll talk more about them in uh, just a bit uh, with Coach Grant. But former Flyer Bill Yule uh, is with us uh, here tonight and uh, always like to give the guys an opportunity to ask, ask the coach a question. So, Bill, fire away. Got a question for Coach Grant. Yeah, Coach Grant, good evening. Happy New Year to you. Hey, Bill. Happy New Year, man. How's everything? Yeah. Oh, doing really good. Thank you very much. Hey, uh, one of the uh, – let, let me give you two questions. The first one I'm going to say is that you have – you and your coaching staff have recruited such a deep amount of talent on this team. And how do you get these players – uh, what's the piece of the puzzle? What is that big puzzle to get these players playing together, um, getting the players off the bench to play in, you know, in the game time? And, you know, it was just, you know, so many to join the, get on the floor. What, what do you do there? 
I think, Bill, we talked about at the beginning of the year, we felt like one of the strengths of our team could be the depth, you know, and, and so over the course of the season, what you have to do is obviously at the beginning of the season, you know, with, with 12, 13 guys, you know, everybody feels like, hey, everything's going to go great. I'm going to play 30 minutes. I'm going to score 15, 20 points. I'm going to be all conference and, and everything's going to work out great for me. And then once the season happens and, and minutes get, get doled out and roles get defined a little bit, now it goes through, you know, guys' willingness to understand uh, the sacrifices they have to be willing to make. Uh, and, and we're asking everybody to be able to do that, the roles that they have to play. And we're asking everybody to, to understand their roles and how their roles will, will not only benefit our team, but benefit them as well. And understanding at the end of the day, the most important thing, the number one goal is to win, you know? So I think it's a process that you go through as a team and the stages that you go through as a team, as the season evolves, where you have to, to be able to, to, to manage that and to grow with that. So I think our team being as young as it is, uh, you know, we're going through that growing uh, period right now. And I, and I think uh, how we come out of it, you know, at the end of the day, to determine whether or not we have a chance to compete for a championship. And, you know, we've got, we've got guys that, that love the game, guys that really care about each other. Now it's just a matter of trying to put it together and develop a consistency that you need uh, to be a, a team that, that can consistently be good and hopefully uh, eventually become a great team. And uh, one little question. How, how's my son Brady competing in practice? <laughs> Brady's doing, Brady's doing great. <laughs> how about that? How about, how about you? You're going to take it right to the heart of the matter, huh? Yeah, Brady's well, he's a great he, teammate. Yeah. He's a great teammate. Uh, you know, Brady obviously uh, joining us this year, uh, learning the system, learning the terminology, learning everything. Uh, the thing I'm most impressed with him is that he's willing to do whatever he's asked. Uh, and uh, he's, a, he's a great teammate. The guys enjoy being around him. Thanks, well, coach. well, I don't think a, I don't think a dad could hear anything better than that. Uh, you know, coach, you, you you talk about this process whereby your team, they they this young team, they learn who they are as cash, as college basketball players, learn what their role is within this team. But is it also a part of the process? Is is it um, something that you and your staff you learn, for lack of a better phrase? what buttons to push and, and how to interact, how to coach, and how to communicate with, with each individual guy? Yeah, that, there's a process you go through every year with every team. So th this team's no different, you know. And, uh, you know, we talked about the beginning of the year. Part of it was, you know, learning not only them learning a system and, and learning each other, but us as coaches, learning them as players and, and learning, you know, their motivations, their 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 aspirations, uh, just the, the, all the ins and outs that you go through over the course of the season. So this this season is no different. All right, you got a big game uh, coming up tomorrow night because that's the next game, and it's always going to be the case from here on out. Uh, the next game is the biggest game, and it's St. Louis uh, uh, in, in a team that um, traditionally is a, a very hard nosed team, a physical team, a great rebounding team. Um, a, a team that will just get at you and compete for 40 minutes. I see that in this year's team, but am I correct in also seeing add in 
uh, a pretty good ability to shoot the basketball on top of those things I already mentioned. Yeah, I'd say from what I've seen that that's pretty accurate. I think, um, you know, they, they've maintained the identity in terms of being a team that competes at a high level, a team that's a really good offensive rebounding team, a team that's going to throw a lot of different things at you from a defensive standpoint. I think with the numbers uh, and then watching them on tape show that they, they've improved in some areas from, a, from an offensive standpoint. They're scoring a lot of points. Yuri Collins, their point guard, is playing at a really, really high level. Uh, I think well, maybe the nation's leading, if not one of the nation's leading assist guys this year, shooting the ball really well. And then they've got a lot of their a lot of their uh, their guys are guys that have been within the program for three, four years. Uh, so they've got a veteran group. Uh, they lost some key pieces with with uh, French and Goodwin and some of their veterans. And and uh, but the, the group they have is playing really well together. Uh, they they're a really good team. It'll be a great challenge for us. You know, you're still in that same uh, situation as you've been a lot of times in that uh, the body of work is smaller for opponents this time of year than it usually has been in the past due to some COVID issues. But, um, you know, as you prepare your team for what will be uh, a unique challenge, um, what are the things that you take away from uh, what you've done so far and then you apply that to what is going to be a different prep because it's going to be a different type of opponent? Yeah, like, you know, I get that question a lot, like to, to reflect. And, you know, it's like right now I'm, I'm in traffic and I'm trying to navigate my way through traffic. So my focus right now is just on trying to get our team prepared for St. Louis, you know, and so I'm, I'm 100% locked in on the next game ahead of us. And at the end of the year, we'll have time to reflect back and see where we came from and, you know, the improvements we need to make and the improvements we've made. But right now it's more, for me, it's more about trying to make sure that we're prepared to go out and play our best in, in our next game. That's the most important thing. Are, are you starting to build trust? Um, coaches to players, players to coaches, players to players. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's, there's ever been, you know, a, a question with that. I think what we have to develop is a level of consistency, you know, and, and uh, there's a standard that we need to be able to play to. There's an expectation, you know, in terms of, uh, the way we go out and, and compete every day. And so, you know, my job is, is to, to continue uh, to try to, to call them up to, to what they're capable of as a group. And that's it. That, that, that's my expectation as a coach is that uh, we become the best version of ourselves individually and collectively. And so, you know, I'm going to challenge our team to continue to do that. Uh, they know that, um, you know, and I think, you know, for, for our fan base understanding that this is a group that's young, you know, that's gaining experience every every game that they go through, gaining experience every practice. You know, for most of these guys, the first time they've ever, you know, had a, had a college practice uh, on January 10th, you know. So it, it's, uh, it's a brand-new experience for all of them. And, and uh, you know, we're going through that experience uh, in front of everybody's eyes. But I think this is a group that, that is going to be, has, has a very, very high ceiling, like I said a while ago, and, you know, my, my job, my focus right now is to try to help them reach that feeling. All right, Coach, we know you got a, a full evening ahead of, uh, ahead of yourself and then a, a full day of preparation uh, tomorrow, anticipation of that game tomorrow night. Uh, we'll let you go. We'll look yeah. forward to seeing you then. I appreciate it. Great. Right. Uh, let, me, let, me just say, let me just say one thing, Larry, before we go. Uh, I, I want to send out my uh, condolences. I just got some sad news tonight that, uh, you know, we lost a, a guy that uh, – it was a huge part of this community, 
Richard Kidd uh, passed away today. Uh, when I, he's a guy I met maybe my first week here on the job, and, and from the first day I met him, you know, he was a guy that always had a heart to, to help others. Uh, so there's a lot of kids in this community, a lot of adults, a lot of people in this community who know who knew Rich, and uh, uh, it's just really sad news today. So I just want to send out my condolences to his family. Uh, to his friends, his co-workers. Uh, uh, he, he, he was, my son was a uh, member of the basketball team at CJ. He was an assistant coach over there. And I know so many lives that, that Rich touched. Uh, he'll be deeply missed, dearly missed. He was a, a, a great human being. So I just want to send out my condolences to, to everybody that, that knew Rich and uh, keep him in all of our prayers. All right, Coach, uh, we will do that. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you then tomorrow. That's going to wrap up that portion of uh, the Anthony Grant here sh- show here tonight as we let Coach go. But, again, Bill Yule with us, and we're going to learn more about uh, Bill's experience as a flyer and, and his life post-basketball. That's all to come. It's the Anthony Grant Show, and we're live at Prickers on Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here to Frickers, uh, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits, home of The Anthony Grant Show. Uh, Coach, uh, wrapping things up with us in the first half hour of the program as Dayton is all set to take on St. Louis tomorrow night. Uh, 7 o'clock tip at the UD Arena. Billikens come in 10-4 and four overall. They are 1-0 in the in the Atlantic 10. Dayton Flyers 9-6 and six coming off that win on the road Saturday at George Washington, 1-1 one one in the A-10. Another game coming up uh, later this week then, Saturday afternoon uh, at Duquesne, a 12-30 tip-off, and the University of Dayton Alumni Association having a game watch uh, that day at 12-30 at the T.J. Chumps Fairborn location. Well, as, uh, as we've been doing here this year, we also, in addition to having the coach on the phone, uh, we welcome in a, a former flyer to talk not about this year's team, but about uh, their experience as a Dayton basketball player and, and what has happened since then. And uh, Bill Yule is with us here tonight, uh, an alter grad who played for the Flyers, uh, on, was a member of that uh, team that uh, went to the NCAA tournament and, um, and, uh, and beat Illinois uh, before narrowly falling uh, to Arkansas and um, you know, take us back to your, your high school days at Alter, and, and, and when did you start thinking, you know what, I think I can still play some ball, ball after high school. I, I'm, I could be a college basketball player. <laughs> well, Larry, I was, um, uh, I was always sitting the bench most of the time, actually, uh, through my junior year. I did play, obviously, freshman, sophomore, junior year, but I never started a basketball game until my senior year in high school. And Alter had such a tradition of players that, you know, you know, the Paxons all the way, you know, the Bockhorns. And, you know, I was playing with guys in front of me that were, you know, super players. And so I didn't get a lot of playing time until my senior year. Um, that's when I started and, um, you know, started to have some good games and a little bit of success. Our team was great our senior year. We were 20-0 and 0 our regular season. And uh, it was I, did, I, I wasn't getting recruited by a lot of teams, you know, really hardly any at all. Um, and, uh, 
you know, a couple of local places wanted me. And then at the Christmas tournament, when we played in the KIT, uh, which is Kettering Invitational Tournament we had every year I got to play and um, had really two solid games. And that's when after, after that, uh, one of those games, uh, Coach Donaher was there watching and, you know, Coach Petroselli came up to me and said, yeah, I think uh, Coach would like to would like to talk to you sometime. And, you know, and that's, that's how it happened. And, um, you know, as soon as I heard I could go to UD, I redshirted my freshman year. And uh, as soon as I could go to UD, it was done. I mean, it, in the back of my mind, I said, I'm not going anywhere else. And, and obviously – you know, Coach Donher was no stranger to you and your family. I mean, you, you know, he, he came in and, and had to give you the official coach presentation, but that was not the first time that, that you guys had uh, – that he'd ever probably even been in your house. Yeah, yeah, he'd probably, probably been there maybe once or twice before, um, even though we only lived two miles away, you know, uh, in the community. We always saw each other around. Uh, you know, his my dad's back in, you know – 53 to 56 when my dad played. Um, I probably was the last, let's say, Coach Donaher's teammate's sons. Okay. <laughs> I was probably the last one recruited by Coach Donaher. But, um, yeah, you know, I I just remember uh, going to games, like my son said in the Tom Archdeacon article when he was probably three or, three or four years old. That's when I started going to games, early 70s going to the games and just seeing all these players down there like Donald Smith and Terry Ross and Irv Giddings and, you know, Jim Patton and Jack Zimmerman. Boy, those were those were the days and those were my idols back then. So you redshirt your freshman year, and, um, you know, it's something that um, some race, others it's, you know, it, 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 it's not something that they really savor doing. What was that year like for you? What did it do for your development? Well, you know, being a late bloomer or a late, you know, developing late, um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal. Once Coach Donaher, you know, explained to me, you know, why he thought of it as a good idea, and it made total sense, you know, at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to practice and uh, never dress, but you know, I got to, ex- you know, experience to play against people. Um, you know, like Anthony Grant, like Ed Young, um, you know, uh, Damon Goodwin, um, these Dave Colbert. I mean, he was so hard to guard. You know, he he was just unbelievable. So, guarding him was a lot of experience, and you know, it was really good to have in practice. And then, uh, so then you you start playing, and uh, you you go through as a collectively as a team, you go through a rough patch, and then. Uh, there's a coaching change right before your senior year, and uh, Coach O'Brien comes in, uh, and, and there was a group of they would think there were six of you guys that were seniors, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can remember you were having an okay season. It was a good season. You go to you go to Chicago and you lose a game to, I thought it was a pretty bad Loyola team. That you and, and you guys could not have felt very good about that, but that then the next game was at Marquette and that started a 10 game winning streak that took you through the rest of the season the uh, MCC tournament and then on into the NCAA tournament what can you remember about that stretch run it 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 is unbelievable how it was just like night and day I it, it that that switch went off when we won that Marquette game and 
all the things that Coach O'Brien was talking about, you know, about everybody's a contributor, everybody has a role on the team, you know, there's always going to be somebody who's, who, who's going to be a factor in the game bigger than someone else. I, I, he, we went deep on the bench, you know, because Coach O'Brien was about – he was really about uh, running, running a lot, pressing. And, and if you didn't hustle enough, he's like, you, you give me the hardest three minutes or four minutes you can ever give. And, and I, that's what I remember. And, and, and everybody just bought into that. And, you know, um, you know, the centers, we, the centers all played as Wes Coffee and Troy McCracken and I seemed to, you know, play a lot of minutes, you know, sometimes one, one of us had more minutes than the other, but we were always there pulling for each other. And, um, it, it just took off. I mean, you know, Nigel Knight just, he, he went off and had a season like just nothing else. I mean, he seemed like he was player of the week in the NCC almost every week and all the other players, Corbett and Robinson and, and, uh, you know, Springer and, you know, Grevy, we just, we just gelled. It just, it just, it was magic. It was just magic. That, uh, it, it, it came, uh, uh, came to fruition with the, uh, the win over Illinois, uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament down in Austin, Texas, and then a, a heartbreaking loss to Arkansas, which, uh, you know, that just conjured up a lot of what ifs. Boy, if we could have just got that game, uh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we missed Greeby that game a little bit, but, you know, we had, we had a lot on the bench too. And uh, we, uh, I think we were going to play Xavier possibly the next game, uh, the next round been. if we would have I think it might have been, yeah. And that would have, you know, we would have played them three times in, you know, like three weeks. So it was, it was, it was neat. Well, uh, those what-ifs then became uh, what's next uh, for Bill Yule as he wrapped up his uh, University of Dayton basketball career. But, uh, there was a lot still ahead of him. We're going to find out more about that uh, as we continue. It is the Anthony Grant Show, and we're live here at Frickers on Women Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here to Frickers, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits, and the Anthony Grant Show here. Monday nights for this uh, college basketball season, which continues tomorrow for Dayton at home against St. Louis in a 7 o'clock game. A Saturday, a road game at Duquesne. Uh, that's a 12:30 uh, tip-off, and uh, there's going to be a, an alumni association watch party at TJ Chumps in Fairborn uh, for that game. Other schedule changes. Okay, we had uh, the two games that were postponed uh, due to COVID. The game at St. Bonaventure, uh, not, no, pardon me, at Rhode Island uh, on December 30th has been rescheduled for February 14th at Rhode Island, and that'll be a nine o'clock tip-off. So uh, get your rest that day. I certainly will. Uh, and then the uh, home game on January uh, 2nd against St. Bonaventure, that's been rescheduled for a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow, Tuesday, January 18th, home at the UD Arena. And because of that, the game originally set for January 19th at home against Fordham, that's been moved to Tuesday, January 25th. And again, uh, tickets that you've got for the original date for St. Bonaventure, original date for Fordham, they'll work for the, the new dates and times. 
All right, taking care of business there. Uh, we're, we're joined here on the Anthony Grant Show by former Flyer Bill Yule, part of a three-generation family of uh, basketball at UD with his dad, uh, an All-American back in the 50s, and your son Brady now uh, a member of uh, this year's basketball team. You wrapped up, uh, you wrapped up your career, and uh, much like your dad, the business world beckoned you. Sure did. I started working for my dad right out of college. Didn't, I didn't, uh, didn't, didn't take a time off at all. I just started working. Actually, I just didn't even have a resume together. Have you ever <laughs> been on a job interview? <laughs> I, well, yeah, maybe a high school job. Okay. But, no, I, I yeah, you know, dad's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, you know, it's uh, like, why don't you come to work for me? And I said, sure. I, I never really planned that out, but, you know, it happened and it was natural and and uh, started working for him right away. All right. For those listening that don't know, that your business is? We are the Yule Agency. We're an uh, independent insurance agency. We've been in business since my dad started in 1956 and uh, second generation um, uh, of ownership. Uh, I actually got a couple of partners uh, with me now and... Um, we, we sell business insurance, um, home and auto insurance, all, all sorts of insurance. And uh, we're still independent, locally owned, and um, have 14 employees. Now, you, you, there are a lot of people growing up. They, they see their dad working. They see that family business. And uh, at some point in time, their youthful rebellion kicks in or whatever, and in their heads, they're saying, nah, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. Did you have a phase like that? Yeah, I, I, I certainly thought that I was not going to go work for my dad. And I thought I wasn't going to stay local in Dayton. And uh, But I'll tell you, this community and being a flyer, um, it just it just, it gra- it just grabs a hold of you. And I was so lucky to, you know, to, to uh, live here all my life. So, you know, and just, and but yeah. Went to work for him, and and uh, he never told me I was even going to buy his insurance agency. It, it just never came across. He's like, go get to work and start calling on people and start earning yourself some money because I'm not going to pay you forever. You got <laughs> you got to buy this thing from me someday too. You don't get it for free. So you know, I worked hard. So uh, people talk about uh, the University of Dayton community. Um, you know, how much of that is part of the fabric of of not just your business, but, you know, deciding to stay here, raise a family here, um, you know, create future generations of flyers, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, it is, it's, uh, it's just something special. I, you know, um, it's not a overly large, you know, community that you don't get to know a lot of people, but it's small enough that, um, you know, everybody is it's good hometown, you know, being, uh, uh, you know, growing up in, in Centerville, going to Alter. You know, I live a mile from my parents right now. Um, uh, it's just, and, and, you know, all the people at Dayton. I mean, look at, look at how many fans we have going to these games, you know. Uh, even during tough seasons, they're still going to the games. They're still going to the games and still supporting the Flyers. Still, you know, we got a great community when it comes to, to, to supporting not-for-profits. I mean, that's... You know, that is just a you – know, we have a gem here, you know, in this town. You know, support around, all over around the community. 
you know, you, we talked about the community, and then you, you were at the uh, the most recent uh, reunion for Coach Donher's players and, and, and coaches and managers, and they even let a broadcaster into the room. Um, and, and he talked about the fact that um, that brotherhood is unique, the brotherhood of former Flyers. And, and he went so far, and, you know, that that's typical McFashion to say it's not about him, that, no, it's about, you know, the fact that, you know, Blackburn's guys, and, and he wants to keep this going with those who played for, for Coach O'Brien and Coach Purnell and, and, and Coach Gregory and Coach Miller and obviously Coach Grant. What makes it unique about that brotherhood where you could sit in a room with guys who, some of them are a lot older than you, some of them are younger than you, Bill, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you had something in common? You know, I, I, th I think the, the fabric of the type of people that, and players that Donaher recruited and uh, the, the communities he recruited them from, uh, you know, a lot like Dayton, you know, depending on whether they were a big or small town. Um, you just come in and, and um, it, 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 it's funny. I mean, you just, I, I get to talk to these guys that, you know, that I remember 10, 15, 20 years older than me. And, uh, you know, they're just, they're always just talking to you and shaking your hand and, you know, just so, so open, so open. Well, it's a, it's a unique experience, and it's part of the strength of uh, Dayton basketball, uh, the continuum of Dayton basketball, not just what happened before, but what is happening now and what is yet to come. And um, guys like Big, Bill, you'll hear a big part of that. I appreciate you stopping out tonight. Thanks for having me, Larry. All right. Really appreciate uh, it. Well, that'll wrap things up here. And, again, Dayton with a big week ahead. Home tomorrow night against St. Louis, 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin 6 here on the home of the Flyers. Then Saturday, 12.30, tip-off in Pittsburgh against Duquesne. That pre-game coverage begins Saturday morning at 11.30. Again, the T.J. Chumps and Fairborn watch location for the University of Dayton Alumni Association. On behalf of, of course, the coach, Anthony Grant, Bill Yule, our engineer producer, Kirsten Johnson. I'm Larry Hanskin. Have a great week, everyone, and go Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.